sports. They say numbers never lie, but odds are they do. Sam Steinmeier, Brady Archer, and host Andrew Botwinick are about to go against the grain this week as we make our day-to-day picks. All views and opinions expressed in today's show do not reflect KZLX or Northwest Missouri State University. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. Everybody get Welcome into Day-to-Day Picks. Andrew Botwinick, Sam Steinmeier, Brady Archer, and we have a new guest host. Not a new guest host. He's been on the show before, Austin. Austin (laughs) McNaughton is with us today. And guys, it has been a somber week in sports. We've talked about this all throughout the week here on KZLX, LP Maryville, but there's plenty of sports news, and it all revolves around Kobe Bryant and Gigi Bryant, uh, two of the victims from a helicopter crash, as well as seven others that were in that crash as well. And guys, we've been on multiple shows this week talking about it. It's been all over social media, all of the tributes to the NBA. Um, AC Milan, we were, Sam and I were just talking about that earlier. AC Milan is doing a tribute for Kobe Bryant. They've already done one. Um, pretty much everybody that was involved with Kobe Bryant or had Kobe Bryant as an idol uh, is doing a tribute, and we're included in that. This is our, our tribute episode to Kobe Bryant. And we're going to start our episode off. We usually do a list. We are going to continue that trend. This time, though, it's a little bit different. We're going to go through our top five Kobe moments. And I have still in there any sport. It doesn't matter because, as, as everybody kind of knows, Kobe did a lot. He spoke a lot of different languages, was involved in a lot of different communities, was a big soccer fan. He had a lot of that impacting his own game and stuff kind of like that. So we'll go ahead and we'll start with our top five Kobe moments. Sam, go ahead and kick us off. Uh, number five is going to be a personal story for me. Um, back in the 2010 finals and they were playing the Celtics, I watched. I was watching that finals and I was wearing my Kobe jersey because, you know, I wanted the Lakers to win because uh, of Kobe. And I remember my nephew asking me, it's like, why do you want the Lakers to win? I was like, because he was a Celtics fan. And I said, because of Kobe. That's why, you know, that's why I wanted them to win. And, you know, they ended up winning that finals in seven games and, um, you know, just showing how much impact he had on my life. And, I was always a Kobe fan. And, and you know, everybody has those uh, those personal moments, like you said, and, and I do too. But my list, I kind of go from on the court standpoint, and you know, because that's where I mean, he made he made a big impact on the court, but his biggest impact, I would say, was probably off of it. But um, for my number five, I have the th- the three peat in two thousand two, and that was just it was such a big moment because it was kind of like his coming out. Well. His first championship was kind of his coming out party, but that three-peat, that hadn't been done since Michael Jordan did it with the Bulls. And, you know, it kind of it kind of just foreshadowed what was going to happen for the, rest of his, for the rest of his career and, you know, what kind of player he was going to be. He, everybody compares him to Jordan, the way he played. Mm-hmm. So that's my number five. Um, my number five, and the only reason this is number five for me is because I don't truly remember it. I don't remember it happening. Um, it was mostly my dad telling me all about it. Um, it was his 81-point game against the Raptors. That's my number five. The rest of my four through one are all like personal things that I remember um, and still think about to this day especially. But that 81-point game is obviously 
probably the biggest one of the biggest highlights of his career. Um, I just don't remember it personally. That's why it's at five for me and not higher. And and I'm in, in the similar boat. I have that one honest actually as an honorable mention because I oh, okay. I have that because just because I don't remember it as vividly, exactly. I can't really speak on that. But number five for me, Kobe joins a list with only six other players now uh, having his jersey retired. Just two of them. Two different jerseys, two different jersey numbers. I believe he is the only one I'm looking here. Oscar Robertson had it. Earl Monroe had it. Pete Maravich had it. Julius Irving. And then Shaquille O'Neal. He's the only one that has had his jersey, two different jerseys, retired by the same team, but two different numbers. And also adding to that, he spoke seven different languages and spoke them almost fluently. We've heard Luka Doncic talking earlier this week saying that he spoke perfect to him on the sideline in that game where, where he was inbounding on the sideline. Uh, Pau Gasol has said similar things about his Spanish. It's He grew up in Italy, and he learned a, different, a bunch of different languages. So I kind of have that in there just highlighting that Kobe did a lot of different stuff. So And, you know, and you mentioned um, uh, the retired jerseys. That's my number four, eight and 24 being retired by the Lakers. And just that night in general is an incredible night. They played his dear basketball, which won him an Oscar before he walked out on the court. But also I think he joins Michael Jordan as the only – uh, player to have a re- jersey retired by a team he never played for. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks, you know, Mark Cuban coming out saying they're retiring his jersey. No other, um, you know, player for the Mavericks will wear number 24. And I think he joins Jordan as I think the Miami Heat have number 23 retired uh, for Jordan. Um, so just in incredible company and also just that night in general he was with his family and it was an incredible night to see. And, uh, you know, I watched it and it was... Uh, you know, brought happy tears to your eyes because, you know, uh, how much Kobe meant to L.A. and to the Lakers. And my number four, it's it's another one of those, like you said, Austin, the ones who you don't really remember, right. but it was just such a big moment that it just seems surreal. And it was when in 2005 when he scored 62 points in three quarters. And, <laughs> I mean, th- like I said, I, I don't remember it. I, I mean, I was only five years old, at the, six years old at the time. But it, it's just surreal to even think about like doing that and and even in today's NBA where I mean you see a lot of offense and a lot of scoring and it just it still seems crazy that that even happened so number four for me is one of those it's not really talked about a whole lot but it's it's more personal for me was the 2011 NBA all-star game it was in Los Angeles and he dropped 37 points in that game um and I remember it was in L.A., so it was the, like the Clippers and the Lakers served as kind of the host site for it. Um, and so with it being in California, the game was on late, but it was such a close game. This was back when it was East versus West, and so it was like LeBron, who was with the Heat at the time, was tearing it up for the East, and then Kobe in the West. And that was and what was so awesome about Kobe is that every single game, and I mean every single game, was important. Even an all-star game. I mean, there was not a single play in that all-star game that he didn't take serious, that he didn't take a playoff. Like, every single one was – and it was such a close game. It ended up being 148 to 143 was the final score. And it's like, oh, well, they almost scored 150. But Kobe was like, I'm not losing this game. 
I'm not going to lose it. They were down at one point, and my dad and I stayed up till 1 a.m. before this game got over and just saying, wow, Kobe just put up 37. And it's like, now it's like, yeah, Anthony Davis puts up 60 in all-star games and stuff like that. But at the time, it's like, that was a real game. And Kobe was like, I'm putting the team on my back. We're not losing this game. Not in my home. We're not losing. Put the team on his back and put up 37 and got the win. One of the greatest Kobe moments I can remember. And if I'm not mistaken, I think that was also the game where he – alley-ooped it to himself off the backboard, <laughs> yeah. if I'm yep. not mistaken, yep. because I remember I remember that All-Star game definitely stands out now that you bring it up. I hadn't thought about it before. Uh, my number four on my list is Kobe Bryant single-handedly breaking Dwight Howard from the NBA in the 2009 finals. In the finals, they won that game four, or they won the series four to one. Dwight Howard leaves the Magic, comes to the Lakers to build a dynasty team, and then a few years later, he comes to the Lakers, try to try build a dynasty team, and then Dwight Howard just fell off. He went from being a perennial defensive player inside the paint beast, a defensive player after defensive player of the year, and then he comes to the Lakers and Kobe Bryant talks to him and tells him how he trains, and Dwight Howard just kind of falls off the map. It just kind of goes to show how tough it actually is being a teammate of Kobe Bryant just because he demands so much out of you that what what is working for you on different teams might not work as well when you're with Kobe Bryant because he plays a lot harder of basketball. Exactly. And speaking of playing harder, number three is kind of a, a sad um, moment in Kobe's career, uh, but you know he it it came with a uplifting moment. Uh, it's when he ruptured his Achilles, um, mm-hmm. a game against the Golden State Warriors, and uh, he. I remember he he made both free throws. He stepped to the line. He's like, no, I'm not going to have anybody come out for me, and I'm not going to have anyone else shoot these free throws. I'm going to shoot these free throws, and I'm going to drain them, and then I'm going to walk off the floor. And he did that. He drained both free throws, and then he didn't have any help from anyone. He didn't have any like a couple teammates by, by his side helping him. He walked off the floor on his own power on a ruptured Achilles and then came back and worked harder. Then he ever had to work in rehab and, you know, came back and was basically the kind of the same player just without the bounce. Still the jump shot, though. Man, I forgot about that, honestly, that, that all of that happened. Like you saying it, I remember it now very vividly, but I had not even thought about that coming into this. I know, like, in the, like, upcoming Super Bowl weekend, Richard Sherman has talked about that moment because he tore his Achilles mm-hmm. in the game and walked off the field, too, because he's like, Kobe walked up and made two free throws and walked off the court. I'm going to walk off the field. I'm not going to get carried off on a stretcher. He's like, Kobe did it. I'm going to do it, too. And, and the, really, that's, like, the definition of Mamba mentality, Kobe Bryant. Yep, I mean, That that's, plays, like, the signature right. Mamba mentality. And my my number three, I have his final game, which in in a way is kind of another definition of mama mentality. He came in, everybody knew it's his final game. I mean, kind of could have been a lighthearted game for him where he goes out there, has fun, you know, sentimental. No, he put up 60 points in his last game, and and I think it showed the respect that was given for him. On I didn't even realize this at the time, but um, it just actually I just found out this week that Gordon Hayward had yes. stepped in and uh, had a lane violation on that last free throw in case he had missed it. Just shows the respect that was out there for him, and, and and everybody knows that. Obviously, everybody knew he was one of the greatest of all time at that point. But you know, it just shows that level of respect he had, and it, it was just it was insane that he put up sixty in that last game, and that's my number three. Number three for me is the 2008 Olympics where they won gold. They defeated Spain, um, and that Spain team was really good. They had the Casal brothers, of course, and and at, that was a really close game, and it was kind of 
they were called themselves the redeem team, you know, from the dream team where you had magic and all of them. But then you had. Yeah, because uh, leading up right. to that, they hadn't won. Uh, I think the, the, the best they finished was uh, bronze right. leading up to mm-hmm. that. And on past. that, yeah, it, the, the list of people on this team is crazy. You had Dallas Jason Kidd, Le- Cleveland LeBron. Um, you had Michael Red at the time, who was still playing yeah. for Milwaukee. Um, D Wade, of course. Dwight Howard for the Magic. Chris Bosh for Toronto. Um, Chris Paul was in New Orleans at the time. Nuggets like Mellow. All these, yeah, Carmelo, D- Denver Mellow. And, and Kobe was the captain of that team. And, and, lit, and I remember seeing all the highlights, and I remember watching it live because it's, the 2008 Olympics were very memorable because obviously that's where Michael Phelps just was unbelievably unstoppable. Um, and then you had Kobe leading this USA team that was like, we're winning this thing. We're not the best team, but we're going to win it. Um, and he put the team on his back late, and they came back in that gold match against Spain, and they won, and he was the team captain. And that's a moment that I was like, man, I remember how good Michael Phelps was doing, but Kobe, he led them to win a, a gold too, and they weren't expected to, but they did it anyway, all because Kobe was like, I'm here, I'm the captain, and we're not losing. And my number three is probably should have been higher up too, but the 2010 NBA Finals against the Celtics, specifically that Game 7, just because of how yep. crucial it was, that is probably the first NBA Finals that I can vividly remember myself sitting there games one through seven and watching every second of it just because it was the Lakers and the Celtics, the two best teams in the NBA. That's perfect. That's what you want for an NBA right. Finals. You want the two best teams going head-to-head market size. Those are the two biggest teams championship-wise. Those two teams have the most championships. You want those two teams going head-to-head. <laughs> and at the time, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, Rajon Rondo going up against Kobe, Paul Pierce, Ron Artest at the time, uh, and, and I do believe you mean Kobe Pau Gasol. You said Pau Gasol. Paul Pierce twice. Paul Pierce, not not Paul Pierce. Pau Gasol, yes. Yeah. I meant to say Paul Pau Gasol. Gosh, <laughs> I'm going to get it right. I'm going to get it right. <laughs> and I couldn't even tell you who their their point guard was at the time. Derek Fisher. Derek Fisher. It was Derek Fisher. But just have the difference between those four players from both sides. Even though I said Paul Pierce twice, <laughs> give Paul Pierce to the Lakers, and you still have it skewed towards the Celtics side. It's just that 2010. NBA Finals was something that was unreal, and I doubt we're going to get an NBA Finals that's bit that's that good in a while for a while. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Austin, you've already mentioned this. It's already been mentioned, but for me, my number two is uh, uh, 81 points versus the Toronto Raptors. I mean, second most points scored in an NBA game in history, behind Wilt's 100. And also, you know, we've gotten kind of a you know funny. Uh, you know, J- Jalen Rose, it was the one guarding Kobe that night. He's kind of embraced all the jokes about it. And I believe they had a commercial where what a, um, it's literally <clears throat> probably my Kobe, favorite commercial of all time. Kobe asked for, uh, <laughs> Kobe asked for a drink and, uh, the guy asked how many olives he's like, he looks at Jalen. He's like 81, 81. And he just looks at him for like 15 <laughs> seconds. Just staring, he's staring each other down. Jalen's like, are you serious? <laughs> nah. I saw I saw a tweet the other day. It was an old 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 tweet. It was an actual tweet from Shaq, and he he tweeted Kobe and he said Kobe. He said, "Why'd you go out there and drop 81?" He goes, "Why'd you do it?" He said, "What what made you go out and drop 81?" Is it because you woke up and saw Jalen Jalen Rose was going to be guarding you that night? Kobe tweets Shaq back and says, "Yeah, pretty much." <laughs> that was the whole tweet. That was the whole tweet. Just yeah, pretty much. Woke up and was like, "Okay, I'm gonna do it." 81. All right, here we go. Do it tonight. Uh, who do you got at number two? Uh, my number two is one that Sam mentioned a little bit ago, but it's it's probably the Kobe moment. Me personally, that I th- when I think of Kobe, I, this is what I remember, and it's like it's the two free throws off the torn Achilles, and 
like I said a little bit ago, I mean, that was the definition of Mamba mentality. That's exactly what I think of whenever I hear that. Um, back in 2013, so late, later in his career, and it just showed that, like, because any other guy, like you said, Sam, is going to get carried off of the court. or But, no, he's not even just going to walk off the court. He's going to go drain his two free throws, and then he's going to walk off the court himself. And And it just shows, like, you know, I mean, the – real mentality that he had and and he was just different than every other player and so that's my number two number two for me is one that's been said um but this is a moment that i i've never been so into a game mostly because my dad that he was like he would tell me so much he was like he's like austin this was my childhood he's like it's the game seven with you know, against the Celtics. He said, I watched this for 10 years of my life is magic versus bird and always wanting to beat the Celtics. He said, I hate the Celtics. He said, I don't know if there's a team I can't stand more. And he says, he says, I'm living it again. And, and I, and this is biased, whatever. It's like, I, I hated Paul Pierce cause he played for KU and all of these things. Um, and so I was like, all right, he's like, let's go. And we were into every single game seven, every single one. Um, and that was another one was like staying up late and watching him win it and beat the original super team. They shouldn't have won. And they beat it. Like Andrew was saying with all of these no name kind of guys. And they beat those four superstars. And just cause Kobe wanted it more. He's just like, I'm not losing. He says this is well, I'm not going to lose this game to y'all. He says, and the best quote, one of my favorite Kobe quotes is he says, I'm not going to lie. Beating them made it a little better. Because he knows, he knows how the history between those two teams and the two greatest sports franchises there are, and he's like, that was the sweetest one. That's probably his sweetest one that he's ever won, in my opinion. It's, I, it's I think so, so too. Especially, as you said it earlier, and I said it before that, with the team that it was. The only other guy that, that's potentially up for Hall of Fame is probably right. Pau Gasol. Yeah. That, I don't, I don't, uh, Derek Fisher and, and Ron Artest are close, but they didn't really do enough to get to that Hall of Fame mark. They'll probably be on the ballot for a couple years and then slide off. But Pau Gasol and Kobe Bryant were the head and, and top of this team. And then on the other side, you have the Celtics, who have their four of their starting right. five are probably all Hall of Famers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if I've ever been so into an NBA game in my entire life than that one right there. Yeah. No, and that's, and that's what I was saying earlier. My number two, I went a little bit of a different route. I went with more of an iconic moment for Kobe Bryant, not necessarily in terms of gameplay, but in terms of how viral it went, I went with the inbound scene around the world. Matt Barnes pump <laughs> oh, so faking good. Kobe Bryant on the sideline. Well no fear from Kobe Bryant. <laughs> Absolutely none there. And and just watching that again and again, and it resurfaces so all great. the time. Yeah. So much. I've seen this all over Twitter, uh, Instagram, even Facebook. I've probably seen it on Facebook a couple of times, but... That, to me, is probably the second best Kobe moment in my career. And the funny thing is that we haven't really had too many repeats, which is something weird that happens with these lists. Is we always get so many ones that are like, oh, yeah, I have that later on in my list. But there's so many moments to choose from, and that's what makes it great. So, Sam, go ahead and start us off with number one. Number one for me, and you know, obviously it's already been said, but for me, watching this game and – uh, it's his 60-point game in his last game ever. It's just And with the re-airing of it on ESPN a couple of days ago, just brought back all the emotions that I was feeling that night. And you know, watching one of your childhood heroes leaving the NBA with possibly one of his greatest ever performances, probably his second greatest next to the 81-point versus the Raptors. And 
Um, it was crazy, you know, him getting the last shot, hitting the buzzer beater to beat the Jazz and, you know, walking off the court. And he had all the young guys in his arms when the buzzer sounded. It's Julius Randle, Jordan Clarkson, and then D'Angelo Russell, you know, giving them all a big hug. Because you know how much he meant to those guys. Uh, and, you know, it's just – a and not only, you know, they have the Kobe's last game aspect of it, but people tuned in to watch that more than they did to see <laughs> – the Warriors Set beat the, the record. Bulls record for best all-time record. And, you know, that that's a huge thing that happened in the NBA. And, you know, no one even remembers that that was in the same season. Like, I didn't know that was in the same season as Kobe's last se- year until, you know, just recently and having my memory jawed. But, you know, the 60-point game is something like I'll never forget where I was when it happened. And, um, you know, it'll just stick with me forever. And my number one guy said earlier by Austin here, but it's it's one of those I don't really remember, but it's the 81-point game versus Toronto. And to even think about that happening is just crazy. It's the second most of all time. I mean, the closest we've been and recently is Devin Booker's 70 from a couple seasons ago. But, I mean, it's still – it's just different. I mean, the fact that it was it was one of the greatest of all time that did it, it wasn't just one of those, you know, random – and Devin Booker's, he's great. But, I mean – Kobe is just different, like I said, and it's hard to explain, but it's just different when he does all, when he has all these moments, and then you just add that in there. It's just crazy. It's different because if you tell Kobe to go out and get fifty, and Kobe comes out with the mindset to get fifty or sixty, he's getting seventy. Yeah. He's getting <laughs> seventy. Meanwhile, you have players like Steph Curry who are, I'll go out and I'll get thirty, have a good night, mm-hmm. throw some passes around, make some make some good plays. Kobe goes out and he'll get sixty. If he puts his mind to it, he is one of the very few athletes that can actually go out and do it. Exactly. And that's why my number one is, along with Sam's, in the 60s. Shaq told him to go get 50. He went and got 60. Um, That game, watching it live, I know I was kind of thinking, I was like, well, I mean, being a part of sports history, I should probably watch the Warriors, you know, because what a moment that kind of is. And I was like, absolutely not. I watched Kobe. All the emotions, like Sam was just talking about, is – unbelievable and then watching it again on monday night was truly just brutal like was, oh my gosh when he hits that shot and then vanessa and his family's all sitting there they blow him a kiss he winks at him I th- oh yeah. my i think gosh, i hear dude, like when he gets the final free throw for 60 you can hear in the background gianna screams go dad like you can hear kind of oh. hear it on the espn broadcast it just it's so it was it was a tough watch but i remember watching it live and crying and i remember it on monday night and doing the exact same thing because it's truly honestly it's probably up there in my top five all-time sports moments not just kobe moments that's one of the greatest live sports and the lakers were awful but that's probably one of the greatest sports live things I've seen in my entire lifetime. And the great thing about that is you, you, the Lakers only won, I think, 17 games right. that year. But <laughs> no one remembers. No, no one, one really remembers the record at the end of the exactly. year. The only thing they remember is Kobe getting a win on his last night. And I think that's a nice way to remember Kobe is not with the final record but with his final game. And I'll start. Before I say my number one, I'm disappointed in all, all three of you guys because this is the number one Kobe moment in all, all right. of his entire career. You're growing up. You're about six or seven or eight at the time. It doesn't matter what age you are. You just got done with an assignment in a class. You're getting ready to head out. You wad up the paper. What do you say? What do you say, guys? You say Kobe. You say Kobe. Kobe. That's my number one Kobe moment. The impact that he left 
on the community at an early 2000s level before this was almost a full decade before he retired anytime anybody would wad up a piece of paper throw in the trash can kobe it's still a thing that it happens today and it's probably going to be a thing a lot more frequent now especially after everything that's happened. I know there were, a couple of years ago there was debate that some of the younger kids were growing up and saying Steph Curry or, or someone else, but there's almost no debate now that it's going to be Kobe, yeah. and that's why I have that as my number one. So we're going to take a quick break here on Day-to-Day Picks. We're going to come back. We're going to take a walk through Kobe's career from start to finish. And welcome back to Day-to-Day Picks. Andrew Botwinick, Sam Steinmeier, Brady Archer, Austin McNorton here as a guest on today's Remembering Kobe Bryant episode. And we're going to go ahead and we're going to start an audio trip through Kobe Bryant's career. We've got plenty of audio cuts from his entire career, and everybody's looking at the rundown now. We really don't have a time that we're supposed to have a set finish. It's kind of just when it goes. We're going to go through audio cuts. We're going to talk about different moments in his career and take, take pauses, and we'll talk about how important that was. And we'll start first before we even get into him being drafted. We're going to talk about Kobe in high school. We're going to talk about what he was averaging because right here, played in Lower Marion High School in Pennsylvania, averaged 30.8 points his senior year, along with 12 rebounds, 6.5 assists, 4 steals, and 4 blocks. His senior year of high school only had two losses, brought the team to their first ever state title in 40 years. So just that's the kind of athlete that Kobe Bryant was at 18, and it just escalated from there. I think he was, at the time coming out of high school was certainly possible but there wasn't many that had done it up until that point a lot of people uh michael jordan for example i think he went all four years to north carolina if i'm not mistaken i know he went at least two or three years but kobe bryant was a different type of of obviously that mamba mentality but to go out and do the things he did at the high school level is definitely impressive yeah definitely i mean it's like on another level like lebron look kind of like lebron in high school i mean just absolutely insane and you know very few people very few players in the nba's history have been able to jump straight from high school to the nba and be that big of a presence for their team i think really the only two that can come to mind are lebron and kobe and and lebron was one even that was like ever there was really no doubts about him everybody knew i mean they called him the chosen one since he was 16 years old Kobe was different. I mean, Co- there were doubts about 18-year-old Kobe coming into the NBA, and, and you saw that. But that just goes to show, like, the faith that he had in himself. And, you know, he, he knew he could do it. And LeBron really, I mean, you could say he really didn't have the choice to go to college because of what everybody was expecting and everything. Kobe could have went to college and, you know, been a higher draft pick and ha- had, a lot, had a lot less doubts about him. But no, no, he was going to silence all the doubters, and he was going to go out of high school. Well, I remember uh, truly one of the real reasons I even got into the NBA was because of Kobe Bryant. So my so my dad, obviously being a Lakers fan, I never knew this about him. We never watched the NBA, and um, my dad would always read the paper and read the stats of what Kobe's. Wow, look what Kobe did! Look what Kobe did! And I never really. I was like, Dad. Who cares? We don't watch the NBA. It was like, why does that matter? He's like, well, I'm a Lakers fan. I was like, I didn't know that. And he's like, yeah, because we're terrible. But now that Kobe's here, we're actually kind of good again. I was like, okay, okay. And I looked into it, and he was like, look, Kobe came out of high school, and and he's already like starting to impress Magic Johnson and all of my favorite all-time players. And I was like, that's really cool. And so I was like, I got to find somebody that I can be a fan of. Like my dad's a fan of Kobe and the Lakers. 
And so I watched LeBron's high school game on ESPN, that game where he played for Vincent St. Mary's that was on ESPN. I was like, this kid's going to come out of high school, just like Kobe Bryant came out of high school. I follow LeBron, and I'm still a huge LeBron fan, now playing for my dad's team. And so it's, it's crazy, like, his high school career is like, LeBron, that opened the door for LeBron. He's like, well, Kobe did it, so I can do it. And it's been incredible for both of them. Unbelievable. And we'll start. Tracy our, McGrady, too, right? He's the third one that came so. out of high school. Think, right? yeah. yeah. Crazy. And we'll, we'll start our audio journey Wednesday, June 26th, 1996, before we were all born here in this studio. We'll go ahead and we'll start there with the 1996 NBA draft. This draft was kind of loaded. If you kind of look back at it, Allen Iverson was the number one pick. Marcus Camby uh, was the second pick in in that year's draft. Stephon Marbury, Ray Allen, uh, Lorenzen Wright. You've got players later in the draft as well. P.J. Stajakovic at 14, Steve Nash at 15, uh, Zydrunas Ogalskis, who was a great player for Cleveland, back in the day as well so and you've got Derek Fisher later on in the first round as well drafted by the Lakers but we're not talking about any of those guys we're going to talk specifically at pick number 13 and that's where we have our first audio cut from the 1996 NBA draft with the 13th pick in the 1996 NBA draft the Charlotte Hornets select Kobe Bryant from Lower Marion High School in Pennsylvania Coming out party for the high school kid, Kobe Bryant, meeting with the approval of that Charlotte fan in attendance here. And Hubie, this is a guy whose stock has risen every time he's tried out. People like this kid. Well, everyone writing when he first came out, well, he's going to have to bulk up. This guy is 200 pounds at six foot six. He is an offensive whiz. He's very, very talented. He has all pro moves. And when when you you look at him, you're talking about a young man with range. He can go off the dribble. He can get his shot. And in every place that he worked out, nothing but raves. No one talking about any shortness or a weakness in his game. Jerry West told me today that greatness lies ahead for this young man. Thought he was going to be absolutely fantastic. I recruited him out of high school, and certainly I believe everything he said in, in this man's ability. He is just flat out going to be outstanding. It's going to take him a little time, though, because he, he's going from high school, skipping college, into a very physical game. All he did was average 31 points a game his senior year. His team won the state title with 31 wins and three losses, and he eclipsed the uh, scoring mark of Wilt Chamberlain in Pennsylvania. This kid has got it all. Yeah, you get the package, and I think what you like best about him, everyone says that he makes everyone else around him a better player. And he's a a winning style guy. Uh, We we realize that there's a lot to overcome when you come right out of high school. But if, if anyone has a good chance, this young man is blessed with outstanding offensive skills. So that was the audio cut. Number 13th pick in the 1996 NBA draft. We saw, we heard kind of what they were saying, and we were kind of talking in the in the background of here that a lot of the takes that they had uh, didn't really amount to much. They said it would take Kobe a lot of time to to get adjusted to coming into the NBA, and obviously looking back on it, hindsight's 2020, but it's a good pick at the time. Yeah, it's a very good pick at the time. I mean, you just think like, especially you know Philadelphia, they took Allen Iverson. Yeah, that's a good pick, but. 
you could have had the hometown kid and uh, who went on to play 20 seasons. Allen Iverson, obviously, is a legend, but not as big as Kobe. And, um, you know, just some of the stats said that he, he eclipsed Wilt Chamberlain's record in uh, Pennsylvania. That's a crazy stat in itself because Wilt was an animal. He had, I mean, he holds so many NBA records that probably won't be even close to being touched. And so that just shows you how good of a scorer Kobe Bryant was just in high school. Yeah, and and they they raved about him and and when he got drafted, but still, I mean, like you said, those those takes that they had about how he would it would take him a while and he wasn't ready yet. That that just shows he he had those doubters and you know he like I said a little bit ago like he he was gonna he was gonna silence them. That was his mentality. He I mean that was before it was the Mamba mentality. That was just Kobe mentality, but. He was going to silence him, and there was nothing anybody was going to do about it. I love hearing all the stories that have been coming out about Jerry West, and he said, I saw something in him. That's why I wanted him to be a part of the Lakers. And for Jerry West, who was considered and is still considered one of the greatest Lakers ever, I mean, he's the NBA logo. He said, there was something I saw in this 17-year-old that I was like, he's going to be on our team, and he's going to make a difference. It's so crazy hearing all that about about the wilt tie in that from the draft and uh how it said oh well it might take him a while it didn't and and look if you everyone listening right now if you want to go look at this 1996 draft it's incredible i mean ai steve nash ray allen all these guys it's like and Kobe's like right there, a seventeen-year-old high schooler. They picked him over some of these guys. It's unbelievable. And and you you kind of jumped into my next point that we're going to talk about here. He was actually drafted by the Charlotte Hornets, right? And before he even stepped out onto the court for the Hornets, he was traded to the Lakers. You talked about Jerry West. Jerry West. He was traded to the Lakers straight up for Vlade Divac on that Lakers team. So they they essentially swapped. All-star for all-star. They just didn't know it just at the time. Because Vladi Divac was actually a pretty good player for the yeah, Lakers he was, at the time. He was a great a solid player. big man. Um, yeah. You know, he's, he had great battles with Kobe in the playoffs and with the yeah, Kings. Yeah, he was with the Kings. Him exactly. and Chris Webber and Mike Bibby and the Kings and battled against Shaq and Kobe um, in the Western Conference Finals a couple times. So, it, you know, their careers kind of cross, not even just with this, but with uh, – that like not just the draft and you know you look back uh, you obviously say it was a dumb move by charlotte but uh who who could have thought that this 17 year old kid from pennsylvania was going to turn out to be one of the top three players in the history of the game of basketball and it almost had to happen because i mean it's easier to say now but you can't really imagine kobe in a charlotte uniform or anything other than a lakers uniform really i mean Kobe Bryant is to to this generation. Kobe Bryant is the Los Angeles Lakers, and I don't think that's going to mm-hmm. change for a long time. And you know, and so it's one of those things where you know y- you can't see him in a, any other jersey. So, and like you said, Sam, you don't you don't know what's going to happen. Like it, it looks like a you know not a smart move, obviously now, but that's easier to say now. Yeah, but you you never really know that, but. And also, you mentioned you know Kobe Bryant is the Los Angeles Lakers. I could you could go farther and say Kobe Bryant is L.A. Uh, I mean, you can, like mm-hmm. as our you know our generation, we never really you know it wasn't Hollywood, it wasn't movies. L.A. was the Lakers. L.A. was Kobe right. for us growing right. up, and you know that's like that's how much he impacted the city. And the off season for the Lakers 
didn't end with just Kobe in 1996. They went into free agency. They had a decent team, um, but without Vlade Divac in there, they had a spot that they needed to fill. There was a, a big man in the NBA that was essentially a free agent at that point. He had been given offers by the, the Magic that were essentially lowballed that this, this athlete thought, uh, considering that Alonzo Mourning and Juwan Howard were signing deals at seven years, $105 million at the time, which was a good amount back in 1996. It, was a, it, was, it wasn't blockbuster deal-esque, but it was a, a very good deal, and Shaquille O'Neal is the guy we're talking about. He wanted more money than that, and Orlando decided that he was not worth, and, and, this, is, and this is what's crazy, is he was asking for 82% of the Orlando Magic cap space. Like that that is the equivalent of he was only off he was only asking for over a hundred he wanted hundred and fifteen million dollars, which would have been eighty two percent of the cap space at the time. Hey, that's a, I mean, that's a bit much for the magic to give up, but I mean when you look at the long Especially run. Especially with the magic, they believed that Penny was their future, not you, Shaq. They thought, Oh, well, Penny Hardaway is better than you. So. And, and that's <laughs> and that's what the Magic did. They, they kind of talked about his free throw shooting. He didn't have much range. But everywhere that he was good, he was Hall of Fame good. <laughs> and so some of the other teams that were in to get Shaquille O'Neal were the New York Knicks, the Detroit Pistons. Those two teams were, were one and number two. Also the Miami Heat and the Atlanta Hawks. Those were the other two teams that were in the mix, the top four to get Shaquille O'Neal. And all of a sudden after – they trade Vlade Divac to get Kobe Bryant. They have a, a gap, and Jerry West decided he was going to throw the Lakers in there to, to try and pitch, <laughs> pitch L.A. to Shaquille O'Neal. And he, the biggest part of that was to join the other Lakers big man history, George Mikan, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Wilt Chamberlain. It's a pretty big list, some great Hall of Fame guys that went to L.A., and that will bring us to our next audio clip is after Shaquille O'Neal decided to sign with the Lakers. Peter Vesey spoke with the newest Lakers superstar yesterday in Los Angeles. Number 34, the fifth year from LSU, Shaquille O'Neal. I know you've been a Laker fan most of your life. Big Jerry West fan, big Magic Johnson fan. What did it come down to? Money? Chance to win? What, what was it? It came down to the best offer. Came down uh, to money. Jerry West made me the best deal, made me the best offer, and I took it. Me being the young businessman that I am, <laughs> I took the best deal. The Bulls are calling that one of the greatest, if not the greatest, comebacks in their history. Uh, what would the Lakers call it? A lousy performance in the fourth quarter by us. <laughs> nothing more, ourselves. nothing less. Nothing more, nothing less. Beat ourselves. And they know that, too. When you were in Chicago the other day, Dennis Rodman said, if I were an NBA owner, I wouldn't give this guy $120 million. Charles Barkley, since the season began, is saying, hey, I'm writing off the Lakers because they can't give the ball to Shaq in the last quarter because he can't make free throws. So you're always under attack. But you do answer them. Obviously, those guys are jealous. They can't do the things I can do. 
And that was Shaquille O'Neal talking about why he made the change from Orlando to the Lakers. And they did a vote in Orlando after he had signed with the Lakers to see if the fans were upset about not wanting to give 82% of the cap space. 90% of the fans for the Orlando Magic that submitted the answers to this poll agreed with the move. 90% said that Shaquille O'Neal is not worth that amount of money. And looking back, I think we'd all I think we'd all agree as saying he is worth that money. Uh, yeah, especially is the presence he was in the paint. Uh, he's just incredible. I mean, probably probably could be right. the best big man of all time. You know, you mentioned Chamberlain and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar just for the Lakers alone. I mean, I can't think of many other guys other than those two that could be in the realm of better than Shaq. And, and even and even just like quote unquote as controversial as he might have been, as like confident, let's say, as he was, you know, on the amount of money that man would have brought to the Orlando Magic. I mean, he was the biggest personality probably in the entire NBA. Like he, I think, if like you're an owner now for the Magic or as a fan, say what that man would have done for your organization. It, was just so worth it. And it wasn't just Shaquille O'Neal. We mentioned earlier Penny Hardaway was Mm -hmm. on that team. Nick Anderson was on that team as well. He hit threes, dunked on everybody and their mama coming into these games. (laughs) It was a great core to have, and they were so young. And personally, I know for me, if you play me in any 2K game and you tell me I can have any team of my choice, I'm picking that 95-96 Magic team. It's I think we played them oh, yeah. too. Yeah, it's they're, they're one of the greatest teams on. It's a the game. great team to play. Everybody meshed well. You had a good mix of outside shooting, interior game with Shaquille O'Neal, obviously, and then you had Penny Hardaway that kind of wrapped everything up, and mm-hmm. he could do pretty much anything you wanted. And to just to lose that spot to the Lakers, kind of just the pieces fell for the Lakers, and they get Kobe. They trade away Vlade Divac, who was a little bit older. They spend a lot of money to get Shaquille O'Neal, but we'll get more into the the return on investment that get bringing in Shaquille O'Neal would have done for that team. So we'll look now specifically at the 96-97 season for the Lakers. They went 56-26. and 26. They were second in the West. They lost in the conference semis. But specifically, we'll take a look at Kobe's statistics because we're doing the tribute to Kobe. Played in 71 games, started in just six games. Averaged 15.5 points per game, or not 15, excuse me, 15.5 minutes per game, 7.6 points, 1.3 assists, and uh, 1.9 rebounds per game. So not the greatest rookie season for Kobe Bryant. We'll look at some of the, the seasonal winners from this year. MVP went to Carl Malone. He received 986 uh, points to win that award. Right behind him, though, was Michael Jordan. He finished second. In that award list behind him, Grant Hill, Tim Hardaway, Glenn Rice, among others, in that list as well. Rookie of the year from that class, none other than Allen Iverson. He received the max amount of points, or excuse me, not the max amount of points. He received 44 points. Behind him was Stephon Marbury at 35 points. And then outside of that, Kobe did not even finish in the top five for rookie of the year. Defensive player, Dikembe Mutombo, Gary Payton, and then Scottie Pippen in there at four, Michael Jordan in there at five. So that's kind of how the award shaped up and how that 96-97 season shaped up for Kobe and the Lakers. So not a disappointing season. It just took Kobe a little bit of some getting adjusted right. to. Just and, you know, we met, you know, we heard in the first audio cut that they said, you know, Kobe might have to learn a little bit. Well, that first year, that was the learning. That was the where he had to adapt to the NBA, 82 games a year. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the next year, you could just go explode. 
and so this you know this first year was a learning year of course but you know still paired with Shaq it was a great year and you know he got some good playoff experience just think about this time period in the NBA I mean this is truly where you have Jordan and Carl Malone and and the Jazz and now you see just a glimpse of these young guys AI Kobe all of the like Stephon Marbury all these young guys are saying now it's going to be our turn this is truly the changing point in the NBA of now it's Carl Malone and Jordan are done, and here comes AI and Kobe. It's well, yeah, a kind great of the, period in time. Kind of the passing of the torch, you know, the big 100%. man. 100%. This is Big it. man Carl right Malone here. passing the torch to Shaq, I guess. Yeah. Jordan passing the torch to Kobe. Exactly. Exactly. This is the moment right here. This is the time period. It's so cool. And we'll flip now to the next season, the 1997 season. The Lakers improved on their record, 61-21. and 21. They even went a little bit further. They got all the way to the conference finals, and they lost in the Western Conference Finals in that series. But Kobe Bryant's statistics jumped up a little bit in 1997, 15.4 points per game, played in 79 games, only started one game. So his numbers in terms of starts went down a little bit, averaged 26 minutes per game. So he went up 10 minutes per game in his second sophomore season here, uh, doubled his points per game at 15.4 his rebounds up a little bit as well, 3.1, assists up at 2.5, but that's not really the, the main focus of his sophomore season. Kobe Bryant was selected as an all-star, but not necessarily for the all-star game. It was for the 1997 dunk contest, and it was in Cleveland, and that's where we're going to get our third audio cut from the 1997 dunk contest. This is Kobe Bryant. Now, some people feel that our next dunker is the favorite. I he is 18 years old, 6'6", Kobe Bryant from the Lakers. And I think he is the favorite for one reason. A lot of people thought he should have won the MVP in the rookie game. <laughs> so he's comfortable, too. Oh! Yes. But look at his style. Look at his rhythm. Check out the way he walks. He's cocky. He looks cocky. Check out his eye contact with the crowd. They love this kid. He was doing this at this time last year at Lower Marion High School in Ardmore, Pennsylvania. Uh-oh, that'll hurt him. That's going to hurt him bad. He says, I'm not going to tell anybody what my dunks are, but keep it to just surprise people. I think you should get points for the fact that it ricocheted all the way in. <laughs> Almost hit Bobby Sir in the head. I think you should get points for wearing purple shoes out there. <laughs> or Bryant. Or his eyes checked. <laughs> 18 and a half years old, third dunk. Oh, that was big. Went down between his legs and got the reverse jam. But these judges have been very, very tough. A scores of 36 and 35 on the two previous competitors. The judges award Briscar 45-8, which is the second best score of the night. But that's all it is, is second best. Kobe Bryant, 18-year-old rookie out of Lower Marion High School in Ardmore, Pennsylvania. Straight to the NBA, to Hollywood, and now to Cleveland. It is the 1997 Slam Dunk Champion. Let's have a look at Kobe. Well, obviously impressed all of our announcers, but I talked to Dr. J moments ago. He said he came up out of his seat the first time he's done that as a judge. He said it was shock value. What was your plan going in? I just wanted to come in and you know try the best that I could. I know everybody on the you know in the dunking competition had a whole lot of time. I didn't know anybody had playing up to sleep. So I just kind of came in the dunk count and played everything by it. After scoring 31 points but not getting the MVP in the rookie game, did that psych you up even more for this? Sure. Sure. <laughs> I mean, you know, you want to you win as much as you can. You know, coming in, you know, in the NBA dunk contest, I was psyched up as it is. So, you know, it just pumped me up a little bit more. A year ago in high school, 
coming, making the big move. What do you tell your friends back home now that came to see you? They're here this weekend rooting you on. Well, you know, thanks for being in the gym with me and helping me on my dogs and all that stuff and all that good stuff. Thanks for your support right now, and uh, can't wait to see you when I get back home. A couple all-star teammates, Shaquille O'Neal, Eddie Jones, expect a lot out of the Lakers' second half? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, we're trying to gel together as a team right now. We've done a good job later on in the first part of the season, and the second half, hopefully, we can do the same. If you got time later, can you show that move to Reggie Theus and Doc Rivers? Sure, <laughs> sure. Reggie actually taught me that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Kobe Bryant wins the slam dunk. And that was Kobe Bryant in the 1997 dunk competition. He was essentially one for one at that point in, in terms of all-star games and festivities that they've had there. And and we talked as the audio cut was playing, Sam and I were talking about some of the contestants that were there. It was not a stacked dunk competition, but it didn't matter to Kobe. He went in and he ended up getting the job done. And obviously this dunk contest was about or, or earlier than all of us were alive, but the type of, of basketball archive junkies that we are. We've, we've <laughs> probably all seen at least clips from this dunk competition, and it was a great one to see. Yeah, I remember it was a few years ago. Uh, I was watching, you know, I was bored on, I think, a Sunday. It was during summer vacation watching NBA TV, and, you know, I saw this dunk contest come on, and I had, n- had no clue who was in it because I scanned through the names. I was like, oh, I don't know who that is. Okay, Ray Allen. Oh, Kobe. Okay, I'll watch it. And so I remember just sitting, you know, on the couch on summer vacation watching this, and it was not a good dunk contest besides Kobe's dunks. And And to me, the things that stood out in that audio clip were, Whenever they were talking about how he looked cocky and and the stares he was giving to the crowd and everything, and to, in my head I was just thinking, well, if you only knew, if you only knew it was going to come. And and another thing was when whenever they were interviewing him and he and they said, you know, does it help that you didn't win the MVP of the um, rookie game? And he said, oh, well, yeah, that helped. I mean, you always want to come out and win, and it helps to have that extra chip. And yeah, so I mean, it's. It's just it's you saw those glimpses of like what he was gonna be not only on the court but that like we said many times that Mamba mentality you saw like little glimpses of it even early in his career and we talked about how stacked that 1996 draft class was Steve Nash P.J. Stojakovic Allen Iverson uh, Ray Allen you've got plenty of of different players that it wasn't like he was out there playing uh, Detlef Shrimp who was one of the guys that is really not known for being on that dream team. One right, of the guys that didn't right, play right. a whole lot, but he was there. He had his right. number etched in and his name etched in, but didn't really get a whole lot of playing time. Kobe was a little bit different. 1997, he was selected to the all-rookie second team in 97, and we'll get into where everything started to go a little bit more trending upward. We talk about the 1998 season. The Lakers in this season went 31-19. and 19. I think this was the lockout season, if I'm not mistaken. I think. I think so, because he only played 50 games in that season, so I think Cause you're I, right. Because I know that the Lakers only played 50 games, is what I'm seeing here, <laughs> yeah. uh, according to reference, basketball reference. 31 and 19, they, they got all the way back into the playoffs. They did fall short, though, in the Western Conference semifinals. Kobe this season at 1998 was uh, up for that. He was an all-star in that, simu- in that situation. Stat-wise, though, in 1998 or excuse me, yeah, 1998, 50 games, 50 starts for Kobe. So he started every single game for the Lakers that they played. Uh, 19.9 points per game, 4.2 rebounds per game, 3.8 assists per game, 
everything started to trend a little bit more up for him. He was getting to the line about five or six times a game compared to earlier seasons where he was only getting there a couple of times a game. So everything was starting to kind of mesh for Kobe in 1998. Got selected to his actual first All-Star game appearance and not just the All-Star festivities. And, and everything just trends up from there. So going now into the 1998 season, excuse me, 1999 season, um, in that season, the Lakers went 67 and 15, and this is kind of the start of everything that happens. Kobe was selected to the All NBA third team. Uh, this is when the Lakers, though, started their dynasty. 1999-2000 season, they won the finals with Phil Jackson coaching them, and then Shaquille O'Neal. We talked about Shaquille O'Neal and how much of an impact he's made. He was the pretty much the leader of this team at that 99-2000 season. Right. He was, I believe, in that 1997 season I was talked about earlier, Shaquille O'Neal was third in all-star voting behind Michael Jordan, Carl Malone, who at that time were, were very high <laughs> monuments it. to climb up to. Shaquille O'Neal had kind of made his presence known. He had been there, the big man lurking around. And it just kind of goes to show that you, they're building something in in Los Angeles and they're starting something. And it happened in 1999-2000 when they finally won their first ring together. And I believe we have an audio cut from Kobe Bryant after his first ring celebration. Reggie turns and pumps it up. through tonight uh we worked so hard it was a hard fought game and we finally got a championship and it feels great now you so for your 21 years you said you've always dreamed to win a championship is it what you dreamed of oh it's everything and more i mean you have the, the Lakers colors falling from the ceiling the fans are going crazy i got the hat on and everything covering my throat it feels great now if you had to think of one thing that really got you guys over the hump that really pushed you to this point what would have been this season it's just determination, and uh, P.J. did an excellent job, him and his coaching staff, and, you know, Shaq was marvelous all season long, and our bench was great, and we just pulled it all together. In a game like tonight, where you had to go away from the triangle a little in the second half to break down the defense, that's what you had to do? Yeah, we just had to break them down. That's all. Uh, I was just creating, similar to the game four situation, I was just penetrating, creating, getting to the gaps. Robert Owen made some big shots, Fox hit a big three, and we won the game. No feeling quite like this, is it? Woo, I love it. I can't wait to do it again. Kobe Bryant after his first NBA ring in 1999-2000 in season. We'll talk more about the actual awards in that during the regular season. Shaquille O'Neal wins the MVP this season. Kevin Garnett behind him with Alonzo Mourning in at third. Kobe Bryant made his first appearance in the voting situation. He was 12th in the, on the votes. Didn't get a lot of votes. He only had three points. Meanwhile, Shaquille O'Neal had 1,207. So you can kind of put into perspective how far of a long shot in this year he was. Also, Defensive Player of the Year standings. Alonzo Mourning wins the Defensive Player of the Year. Shaquille O'Neal behind him. Kobe tied for fifth with Gary Payton at four points. Uh, Alonzo Mourning at 62 points. And that was, we talked about the dynasty that they're getting ready to start. In 2000, 2001, the Lakers go all the way 56 and 26. They win the finals again. Phil Jackson, Kobe Bryant, and Shaquille O'Neal get their second ring in Los Angeles. More specifically, Kobe Bryant at 22 years old. Played 68 games, started 68 games. His averages jumped up immensely, 28.5 points per game, five assists, 
as well as 5.9 rebounds. So he was putting up a stat line at that time that was very impressive, and it just kind of shows that the team is starting to kind of move away from Shaquille O'Neal and moving more towards that Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal type mentality. I know the season before it had kind of started to happen, but now you could really see it starting to mesh together. And now so awesome. the, the 28 point whatever points per game, it was, Kobe's kind of starting to go into that. He's not Kobe anymore. He's Mamba. And you know, he's kind of going into that now as, um, you know, he's finally, you know, it's not all Shaq is the, the best player on this team. And they also have this Kobe guy. It's who's the better player, exactly. Kobe or Shaq. And, you know, it's really tough for any of the NBA teams. Uh, to keep up with something I want to talk about uh, the year before the second ring when they played the Pacers on that team with the Pacers was the person he put 81 points on Jalen Rose so <laughs> just another cog in the wheel right. that Kobe Bryant has on over Jalen Rose that's just so cool that team and that's always kind of been the debate that Sam was just talking about about who was it was Shaq the best player was it Kobe it's like Shaq probably was but Kobe was saying I'm about to take this city into my hands. You it was can see it. You're like, this is getting ready to be my league. In the 2000-2001 season, I think more prevalent right. now more than ever was that Shaq was the best player on the team, but Kobe was, yeah, like you said, <laughs> he was trending up a lot faster, yeah, and it was, was only a year or two before it became full-time Kobe Bryant's team. Yep. And so, you could say that um, Kobe's the reason that Shaq was the best player on that team. I mean, with the without the drive that Kobe gives not only Shaq but every player on that team, I mean maybe Shaq wasn't as dominant as he as we see made him Shaq as. better kind right. of exactly. Yeah. And also you have to realize which 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 one do the defense has to pick up on? Do they pick up on Shaq or do they pick up on Kobe? Because a lot of times, a lot of times, probably some people probably tried to key it in on Kobe more, and that allowed Kobe to get the ball to Shaq. Sometimes exactly. people keyed in on Shaq more, and that allowed Kobe to just go off. And so it was really pick your poison, and whichever one you pit, you're still getting bit. And then in the two thousand. Actually, we'll go ahead and we'll look specifically at the 2000-2001, their second ring between Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal. We'll look at some of the NBA awards from that season. Your MVP of the NBA was Allen Iverson, 31.1 points per game, just under four rebounds, 4.6 assists, as well as two and a half steals. Uh, Behind him, Tim Duncan, then Shaquille O'Neal. Ninth was Kobe Bryant at 11 points. You look at Defensive Player of the Year, Dikembe Mutombo wins another one, so we see back-to-back from Dikembe. No Shaquille O'Neal on this list, and then you get further down. Actually, Shaquille O'Neal is on this list. He's tied for 8th, and then Kobe Bryant tied for 11th, the next name back behind uh, Shaquille O'Neal. The next season is the final of the 3 Pete 2001-2002 season. They win. They go 58-24, and 24, the Lakers do, and they win the finals. So Phil Jackson gets another ring, the third ring in a row, the 3 Pete for the Lakers. And you know, something interesting, uh, you know, they ran the triangle offense, triangle three sides, three peat for the Lakers. So, I mean, it was just an incredible run. And, you know, the the season before, you know, Allen Iverson won the MVP. They beat Allen Iverson to win the finals. And then the, you know, this season they beat uh, a really good New Jersey Nets team with Jason Kidd. And we'll look kind of just specifically at Kobe's numbers from this season the 2002-2003 season. Actually, no, excuse me, the year before that, 2001-2002. His numbers went down a little bit in terms of points per game, 25.2 points per game. 
but his rebounding and, and assist numbers stayed about the same five and a half respectively for each one. So Kobe Bryant still put in work, still averaging a very impressive number in terms of that. We'll look at now the specific NBA awards from that season, the 2001-2002 season. It was Tim Duncan who won the MVP that season, 954 points for him. Jason Kidd behind him at 880, er, 898. Shaquille O'Neal in at third, Tracy McGrady in at four, Kobe Bryant in at fifth. So we see him slowly moving up the chart in terms of MVP. He gets higher and higher up. Rookie of the year, I'm only saying this because it's prevalent later in the 01-02 season, Pau Gasol. (laughs) And he won unanimously, basically, 117 points. The next highest was Richard Jefferson with a single three points. That that Pau Gasol, that that was uh, Pau and Mark both playing for the Grizzlies at that time. So not many people know that. Not many people think that, right. you know, when you think of Paul Gasol, obviously you think of Kobe and the Lakers, but he started his season, uh, started his career, I believe they were in Vancouver at that time, the, the Vancouver Grizzlies. Yeah, I think that's right. And then defensive player of the year for 01-02, Ben Wallace for the Detroit Pistons, 116 points for him in that category. Behind him, Kevin Garnett with two, Kobe Bryant and Dikembe Mutombo, both tied at three. The next season in 2002-2003, the Lakers went 50-32. and 32. They lost in the Western Conference semifinals, and Kobe took a little bit of a much bigger jump, I would say, in this season. 2002-2003, 30 points per game even, 5.6 rebounds, excuse me, 6.9 rebounds per game, and then 5.9 assists per game. So all of his categories jump up. He started all 82 games for the first time in his career, uh, also 41.5 minutes, the most amount of minutes which in turn gets you the most amount of points rebounds assists any category you name it kobe bryant was probably leading that team lost to tim duncan in the spurs of of that season who went on to win the finals so legit <laughs> and we'll look at some of the awards from that season tim duncan another mvp under his yep. belt kevin garnett right behind him though it was a close race between tim duncan kevin garnett essentially in terms of points Uh, third, Kobe Bryant. So we see him slowly moving more and more up on the MVP chart there. Rookie of the year that year was Amari Stoudemire, Yao Ming, Karan Butler, Manu Ginobili, as well as Carlos Boozer in at number seven. Defensive player of the year, Ben Wallace, Meta World Peace, which at the time, Ron Artest at 23 in Indiana, Kevin Garnett in at three, and then you scroll down the list, it's Kobe Bryant still making his name known on the defensive player of the year voting at number eight. And that's something that doesn't really get talked about a lot is, you know, everyone talks about Kobe, such a great scorer, such a great player on offense, but he was really good on the defensive end of the uh, ball. And, you know, as, as on Twitter I've seen these clips where, like, uh, him and Kyrie, when, when they were in the USA basketball, they going getting ready for the Olympics, they're talking about Kyrie. He's like, you can't guard me. Like, you, like you, you're too old. You can't guard me. And so then that season, Kobe matched up against Kyrie and absolutely locked him down. So it, it really goes to show you how underrated of a defensive player he was. And, and I think it goes with that tenacity that he had. And, and, and you don't know that, you know, he was – a great defender just because like that was that wasn't his thing that that's why you don't know that but it just with that mentality that he had was like he's gonna go all all every minute that he's in that game every second that he's in that game he's going 110 percent and no matter if he's on offense defense or wherever so we'll go now to the 2003-2004 season we'll get more specifically into this season here in just a second 
Lakers went 56-26. They make it all the way to the finals, but they lose in the finals. Phil Jackson doesn't get another ring with this trio that he's kind of had in terms of coach and then Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant. 2003-2004 season for Kobe at age 25. Started in 64 out of 65 games, 24 points per game. He took a little bit of a dip in terms of stats, 5.5 rebounds, 5.1 assists, and then we'll flip and we'll kind of look here at the votings, how they came out in that season. Kevin Garnett wins MVP, Tim Duncan, P.J. Stajakovic, and then Kobe in at number five. Shaquille O'Neal coming in right behind him, though, at number six. Your rookie of the year. This is essentially one of the better rookie classes coming in, probably of all time. LeBron James narrowly winning uh, Rookie of the Year over Carmelo Anthony. Dwayne Wade in at three. Kirk Heinrich, Chris Bosh, and then Marquise Daniels. Defensive Player of the Year goes to, with time, Ron Artest or Meta World Peace. Ben Wallace in at number two. Kobe tied for 10th on that list, getting just a single point. So Kobe's still getting into those Defensive Player of the Year type caliber uh, roles. And then in the offseason, after that 2004 season, the Lakers made a change. Not necessarily based off of them. It was more one of the bigger pieces on that team. Shaquille O'Neal left the Los Angeles Lakers. 2004, they took a bit of a downhill turn. They only went 34-48. and 48. They missed out on the playoffs. Kobe Bryant's statistics from that season were still improving, though. 27.6 points per game, uh, 5.9 rebounds, as well as 6 assists. So the Lakers lose Shaquille O'Neal. And, and and kind of at that time, I know this is probably still while we were young, but losing Shaquille O'Neal is a pretty big deal. Definitely. It hurt. It was a big part of the team, clearly. <laughs> yeah, you, you lose the second second or first best player on the team. I mean, really, that's up for debate. But, um, you know, you lose Shaquille O'Neal, who's you know an anchor inside, and that leaves a big hole, especially at that point in the NBA when it was a big-centric league. Like, yeah, Kobe was good, but – it was there was a lot of bigs in the NBA that you had to guard, and if you don't have one, you're going to have a tough time. And so, since they had a hole, you know that kind of bogged them down. But Kobe still continuing to shine. And at that, the voting in 2004, 2005 for the awards, Steve Nash picks up his first MVP award. Shaquille O'Neal right behind him, though at second. This was a very close voting. Steve Nash 1,066 votes. Shaquille O'Neal 1,032. Behind him, Dirk Nowitzki, Tim Duncan as well. Kobe Bryant not on the list for MVP. Uh, Rookie of the year is Omeka Okafor, Ben Gordon, Dwight Howard, Andre Gudala, Luol Deng, and then J.R. Smith for your top five in terms of uh, Rookie of the Year. Defensive Player of the Year, Ben Wallace picks up his, uh, at this point, third or fourth that we've been keeping track of since 1996. Ben Wallace picking up Defensive Player of the Year. Once again, Kobe Bryant not on this list. I think that that was mostly due to the fact that the amount of games that he played in that season, I think he played yeah, 66 games in that season. I don't know if that qualifies him for those types of awards. I'm not sure if that's what it was because the numbers certainly say that he deserved to at least be in the conversation. Definitely. And even just, uh, you know, his name, Kobe, you got to put Kobe up there, you know, because just as you know, he's a transcendent talent. You got to put him up there, for the awards, but I guess only playing 66 out of 82 games right. might disqualify you from that. The next season, the Lakers in 2005-2006 finished 45-37. and 37. They lost in the first round of the conference. Uh, Kobe Bryant at that 2004-2005 mark, or excuse me, that might be 
Let me double check which year that one was. 2005, 2006? That's what I thought. Okay. I, I had the wrong year. I, had, I almost went back to the one I was just looking at. 35.4 points per game for Kobe, as well as 5.3 rebounds, 4.5 assists for him. In the voting this season, Steve Nash still number one. He wins another MVP. LeBron James at two. Dirk Nowitzki at three. Kobe Bryant at four. 483 votes. Steve Nash, who won it, ended up getting 924 votes. Rookie of the Year, Chris Paul. Uh, just another note, just kind of mentioning some of the superstars that come across the league as we get to them. Defensive Player of the Year, Ben Wallace winning again. Kobe Bryant not on the list once again for Defensive Player of the Year. We go into the next season in that 2006-2007 season. Lakers went 42 and 42 games above 500. Once again, they though they lose in the first round of conference play. 2006-2007 season, Kobe once again getting over the 30-point mark, 31.6 points per game, 4.7 rebounds, or excuse me, 5.7 rebounds, 5.4 assists for Kobe. So he's still getting it done in the stat sheet, just the wins aren't coming. Dirk Nowitzki wins his first MVP, Steve Nash in at second, Kobe Bryant in at third with 521 points. Rookie of the year, Brandon Roy in that 2006-2007 season. Marcus Camby winning defensive player of the year for Denver at the Uh, time. And something I kind of want to go back to with 2006, uh, that's when Shaq won That's when Dwayne Wade and Shaq won with the Heat. So you could think maybe maybe it was Shaq that was the better of the two because now you're kind of creeping into your head doubts of whether can Kobe get it on his own or not. So mm-hmm. Shaq in 2006 getting a ring. We'll go 2007-2008 season. A great season for the Lakers. A lot more improvement you start to see in 2007-2008. They went 57-25. and 25. They make it all the way to the finals, but they lose in the finals. Kobe Bryant in 2007-2008, 28.3 points per game, 6.3 rebounds per game, 5.4 assists per game. So he's traditionally been staying at about the same point for the last five, six years at this point, though, which is interesting. And I believe this was his MVP year. Uh, we'll get into the MVP race now. <laughs> also, And also, uh, he played the Celtics in the finals, so it's... Uh, it's kind of going back to you know Magic and the, all his battles with the Celtics. This is Kobe is just starting his battles with the Celtics now. So we go into the MVP race. Kobe Bryant wins his first MVP at age 29. Chris Paul behind him at 22 years old with 894 votes. Kevin Garnett in at third. LeBron James in at four. Kobe Bryant scoring a hundred, not scoring, but rather getting a votes-wise 1,100 votes. Chris Paul about 200 votes behind him if you want to go into comparison. Rookie of the year, Kevin Durant for the Seattle Seahawks. Or not the Seahawks, excuse <laughs> me, the Seattle Sonics, goodness. Defensive player of the year, Kevin Garnett, Marcus Camby, Shane Battier, Bruce Bowen, Kobe Bryant coming in at number five. And that will bring us to our next audio cut is the speech for Kobe Bryant after he wins his first MVP. Now... A few words from the man himself. I present to you the 2007-2008 NBA Most Valuable Player, as presented by Kia Motors, Mr. Kobe Bryant. Well, uh, I really don't know what to say, to be honest with you. I I think uh, this is such a blessing and such an honor to be here and uh, to receive this award. And... uh, you know, I can go through a list of thank yous, starting with my family, who, you know, they enable me to, to, to be the best I can be by training every day. And, you know, they, they give up so much um, uh, to, to sacrifice so much for me to be able to train and prepare and focus on games. And 
Uh, I'm just very honored and very blessed for them to be here and you know, see my kids sitting there in the front row and my agent Rob Palenka and my friends from the league and my teammates and the man who brought me in the league here, Jerry West. I mean, this is this is a beautiful day. It's a very special day for me, and um, you know, I just I'm just deeply, deeply honored to be here. And I couldn't have won this award without the play of my teammates. You know, this is a team award. This isn't an individual award. This is an award that you know I couldn't have won them all. Uh, if that was the case, I would have won it when I was averaging 40. Um, <laughs> this gets done because we all do it as a unit, and um, so I, I can't thank these guys enough. You know, these are my guys. These are my brothers, and um, we have won MVP. So I, I want to thank everybody for coming out, and um, let's get ready for tomorrow. Kobe Bryant after his 2008 MVP, his very first MVP. And, and guys, it was kind of a, a rough timing in the NBA because at this point, I think based off the numbers that Kobe had that season, he should have won two others in previous years. Everybody debates about the Steve Nash, the the, tr the double, the two MVPs that Steve Nash received and then Kobe Bryant. You look at their stat lines from year to year, you could make an argument for either one of those guys. That speech is very interesting from what we see now where a lot of guys who win it now get very emotional and they talk about their upbringing and their family. His is just more of, yep, I won it. My team helped me win it. Let's keep going. Let's yeah. keep, move on. He's just sitting he there said, and he says, let's yeah. move on to tomorrow. Strictly business. Like, it's no emotions. No, he's like, yep, my team helped me win this. Here we go. We're going to keep going. I mean, yeah, That's he, amazing. He said, my team helped me win this. But he also said, the MVP is on an individual award. It's a team award. And so you could really tell how much Kobe's teammates meant to him, like how much he – not only how much he pushes his teammates, but also how much his teammates also pushed him to you know get to MVP level. And Kobe took some flack throughout his career for maybe shooting the ball too much and and everything. But th I think that that cut really shows you. I mean, all he wanted to do was win win basketball games. And like you said, Sam, he said this is a team award. This is not an individual award. That shows that you know he's a team player. Just wants to win basketball games. Just wants to win championships. And to go back to what you said, Austin, I mean, this was just this was just another thing that he did. This wasn't the biggest thing in his right. career. This is just another thing he did in his business. And, and this shows you the type of guy he was. And you, at the time, when Kobe Bryant mentions all of his teammates and everything, looking at the roster from that 2007-2008 season, it was Kobe Bryant, some other names on that team as well, Trevor Ariza, uh, a big one in terms of just NBA bus, Kwame Brown was on this team, <laughs> Andrew Bynum. Jordan Farmer, Derek Fisher, Pau Gasol is on this team as well. Uh, Lamar Odom is on this team. Sasha, Sasha Vujicic, as well as Luke Walton. So just some of the names that were from that team that Kobe was thinking in that speech. We look at the next season is when things start to trend back up. Kobe wins his MVP. He goes in. It's 2008-2009 season. They go 65-17. and 17. They're first in their, in their division, obviously. They go on. And they play, I believe at this time it was the Magic. They win that series 4-1, to one, and Kobe wins another ring under his belt. That one could have been a Kobe-LeBron matchup in the finals, but Dwight Howard came out of nowhere and, and uh, an interesting storyline with the, the Lakers and the Magic. It was uh, Kobe yeah. dominated in that one. <laughs> yeah, the Magic probably came in as like, can we – can right. we get revenge for them taking Shaq, Shaq, from, exactly. Shaq from us? And no, they they really could not. 
they dom like the Lakers dominated that series, winning just five games, and it was all Kobe basically. And in terms of MVP that season, LeBron James wins his first MVP, one thousand one hundred and seventy-two points. Kobe Bryant just two points under seven hundred. You look at just the points and comparing these two, LeBron James and Kobe Bryant this specific season. LeBron James twenty-eight point four points per game. Kobe twenty-six point eight. Total rebounds for LeBron, 7.6, Kobe at 5.2. And then assists per game, LeBron James 7.2, Kobe five or 4.9. So both of these guys are at the peak of, of basketball, but LeBron doing just a little bit more, it looked like. And then third, Dwayne Wade averaging over 30 points per game. Dwight Howard coming in at number four. Rookie of the year in that 2007-2008 season, Derrick Rose. O.J. Mayo behind him, Brooke Lopez, Russell Westbrook coming in at number four. This is when we start to see some of the, the superstars in the NBA now coming into this into this league. Defensive player of the year, Dwight Howard, number two, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant coming in at number seven. Derrick Rose, youngest youngest MVP to you know ever win the award. So it's really it you know, it takes your mind back to that time and it really it, it hasn't seemed like that long ago. When you know Kobe was winning the title and Derrick Rose was winning the MVP, but it really was a long time ago. So that was the 2008-2009 season. 2009-2010 season was the season we talked about at the beginning of the show. This is the one that everybody likes to talk about. The Lakers went 57-25. They go all the way to the finals. They play the Celtics in the finals. It goes seven games. The Lakers do end up winning in that seventh game. We look at Kobe Bryant from the season. He played 73 games, started 73 games, 27 points per game, uh, 5.4 rebounds, 5 assists in that season as well. We look at how the voting for NBA All-Stars, kind of, or not All-Stars, but for MVP, LeBron James at number 1, Kevin Durant at number 2 for the Oklahoma City Thunder after they had changed. Kobe Bryant in at number 3, just a touch under 600 points in terms of votes. Rookie of the Year for that season, Tyreek Evans beating out Steph Curry at number two there in Rookie of the Year. Defensive Player of the Year, Dwight Howard. And we're going to take a look. We talked earlier. This is the second title in a row at this point that the Lakers have won. They won finally. They won a a, a finals without Shaquille O'Neal. They had just won their second one in Game 7 against the Celtics, and that brings us to our next audio cut. It's Kobe Bryant after the 2010 NBA Finals. And Rondo. Rondo will inbound. 11.7 seconds remaining in a four-point game. NBA championship coming down to the final seconds. Neil Lamar playing inbounds pass, and you should recognize where the shooters are coming off. Rondo looking, gets it to Pierce. Pierce turns back out. Rondo fakes, dribbles, puts up the three, won't go. Rebound to Saul, kicks it out to Odom. Odom throws it ahead. The Lakers repeat back-to-back titles. The L.A. Lakers, the 2010 NBA champions. Five-time NBA champion, Kobe Bryant. You and Fish on the drive for five, you got it done. How do you feel, Kobe? You know what? It feels surreal, to be honest with you. It's, uh, I, I still don't know how we won that game. <laughs> it just seemed like one of those games where nothing was going right for us. But, you know, we, we felt like we were supposed to win. Uh, but we just didn't know how it was going to happen. Right, Cole, when you look at this game, you know, the great players, you're struggling a little bit. Let me know, because I want to know, what are you going through in your mindset? Hey, 
how am I still going to put my imprint and win this game? Two things. Get to the free throw line. Mm-hmm. I got to attack. Um, the jumper's not falling. I got to figure out some gaps, which is tough to do against this team because you know, they do a great job shrink, uh, shrinking the floor. Uh, so I had to get to the free throw line. I had to rebound the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, rebounding has won every single game in this series, and uh, I had to make sure I got my little behind on there. Yes, sir. Enjoy number five. Thank and you. uh, you're only 31 years old, Kobe. All right, you and all these you guys are coming as back a, for three more you know years. What? I love hearing that. You know, as the season, as the playoffs started, it was, oh my God, he's 31 yeah. years old. He's done. 31. He's only 31. I love it. Kobe Bryant, after his 2010 NBA Finals win over the Celtics in Game Seven. After that season in 2010, 2011, the Lakers went 57 and 25 again. This time, though. They get bounced out of the playoffs in the Western Conference semis, and that was inevitably be Phil Jackson's last season coaching the Lakers. He moves on. A new coach comes in for the Lakers. Kobe Bryant and the Lakers go 41-25. and Once again, though, they lose in the conference semifinals. Kobe Bryant, the previous two seasons in 2010-2011, Kobe Bryant had 25 points per game, 5.1 rebounds, 4.7 assists. The season after in 2011-2012, 27.8 points per game, 5.4 rebounds, 4.6 assists. assists. And it kind of, it wasn't a downfall of Kobe Bryant, but the team was just kind of struggling once they got into the playoffs, I think is is more than anything after that 2010 win. This is really when the NBA started to turn to the super teams. Everyone wanted to be like Boston. LeBron James was tired of losing to Boston with his Cleveland team. So he teamed up with D. Wade, and so the Lakers tried to get Steve Nash. They tried to get Dwight Howard um, and say, we're going to make a super team of our own. And all, in reality, it was like Kobe was like, it's still my team. And like, also, I'm still going to win it on my own. And also, you kind of drafting super teams as well. Oklahoma right. City, this is kind of the emergence of Oklahoma City with Russell Westbrook, yep, Kevin Durant, James Harden. Uh, and then also, you still have Dirt Nowitzki, Jason Kidd, Jason Terry in Dallas. So the league is kind of catching up to the Lakers and, you know, coming a lot. San Antonio gets Kawhi and Tim and, Duncan. And, and it's becoming like... Not as, oh, it's always going to be the Lakers-Boston or Lakers-whoever. Mm-hmm. It's going to be nobody knows who's going to come out of either conference. And it was really good for the game of basketball, but uh, ultimately not very good for Kobe since he won championships. The 2010-2011 NBA Awards came out. Uh, Derrick Rose winning his first MVP. I believe it was his only MVP as well, too. Rookie of the Year that season, Blake Griffin. Defensive Player of the Year, Dwight Howard. And then the next season in 2011-2012, LeBron James winning another MVP. Kobe Bryant sitting in at fourth as he sat in fourth the year prior. forgot to mention that. He was sitting at fourth behind Derrick Rose. Rookie of the year that season, Kyrie Irving, Ricky Rubio, Kenneth Fareed in there. Kawhi Leonard in at number four. Klay Thompson at number six. Defensive player of the year, Tyson Chandler. Kobe Bryant not on the list as well for defensive player of the year. We'll kind of go now into the, the latter half of the seasons for them. 2011 2012 we just talked about this when they got bounced out of the conference semifinals and then in the 2012 2013 season they lose in the conference in the not the conference finals excuse me the conference first rounds of that one in the 2012 2013 season Kobe Bryant played 78 games started in 78 27.3 points per game 5.6 rebounds six assists I believe this is the last season that Kobe kind of had where it wasn't any injuries Nothing happened. This was his last fully healthy season, I believe. In that, excuse me, in the awards from that season, LeBron James picking up another MVP. Kobe Bryant in at fifth behind Kevin Durant, Carmelo Anthony, Chris Paul. 
Rookie of the year, Damian Lillard. Anthony Davis <laughs> in at number two. Bradley Beal That's at really three. Good. Andre Drummond in at four. And then Dion Waiters in at number five. Defensive player of the year, Mark Gasol. LeBron James at two. Number three, Serge Ibaka. Joakim Noah. Tony Allen. And then Tim Duncan rounding out that spot. So we'll talk more specifically now about the latter half of Kobe Bryant's career. 2010 was the last time he won a championship. And ever since then, it was kind of injury-prone towards the last couple seasons that he played in the league. And I know Sam brought this up during our top five Kobe moments in his career, that the Achilles injury and being able to play through some of the injuries he had. He had some torn ACLs, some minor injuries, and then obviously Achilles, ACL, some big ones as well that he had to push through. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate because I think it would have been fun to see him compete at a very hard level against some of these up like KD and LeBron obviously when those guys were in their prime it would have been fun to see because Kobe wasn't in his prime but he would have worked to compete and be better than those guys who were younger and more talented that would have been fun to see because he would have worked harder than them and would have been right there competing with all of them I think even even with the injuries and all of that and you know, being not past his, you know, being past his prime. I think he still works harder than him. Right. He, oh yeah. For his entire career, I think Kobe Bryant was the hardest worker in the NBA, just because his mentality. And you know, it is a shame that we couldn't see him at full potential. And yeah. uh, but still, it's nice we had to see moments of Kobe versus those guys. And it's one of those things we missed out on was seeing, you know, him versus LeBron in that Finals in the 2000s. <laughs> but uh, it would have been. Awesome to see like Pete Kobe versus Pete LeBron, which was to me mid two thousand mid twenty tens, and, and so yeah, it's like one of the it's one of those things where you you know you wish it would happen, but you know that even if it did, and even if Kobe was injured or you know it, the way things happened, you know it's still going to be a battle because Kobe's just going to work harder. Twenty thirteen twenty fourteen season, Kobe played in just six games, started six games for the Lakers, thirteen point eight points per game. A little bit of a, of a downtrend this specific season. I think it was the only season he had scored under 20 points per game up until the 1998-99 season. So he had scored 20 points for almost two decades. He'd gotten in there in the stat sheet for that one as well. Um, the season after that, 2014-2015, played just 35 games for the Lakers, 22 points per game. And then the final season, 2015-2016, 17.6 points per game, uh, 3.7 rebounds 2.8 assists and we talk about his final game here 60 points against the utah jazz in in a moment that a lot of sports fans including the four of us sitting here hold near and dear to their heart because it's kobe's final game yeah kobe's final game and um just so many emotions going through that happy for him that he's you know going into retirement you know happy for him that he's you know satisfied with his career but you're also sad because you want to keep seeing him playing. You know he has injuries. You know he's beat up. But you want him to stay, keep that Mamba mentality, keep playing. But, I mean, you ultimately respect his decision to hang it up at that time. And this is one of those things where this was a big moment. doesn't matter if you if Kobe was your idol or if you didn't watch Kobe or didn't like Kobe or whatever. You watched this game, and when when he was putting up 60 that game, you, it was still you're still holding it to your heart. You're like, wow, I'm watching history. I'm watching one of the greatest players of all time have one of the greatest exiting performances of all time. And we talked about it earlier. At the same time of this game, 
was Golden State going for history for the best right. record. I think, Austin, you brought it up, or Sam, one of you guys brought it up. That's It was a 50-50 choice. It kind of just – you could see what generation of basketball fan you were because you were either watching Kobe put up 60 against the Jazz or you were and watching – game meant literally nothing. Be, yeah, because <laughs> at, at that time, the Los Angeles Lakers in 2015, 2016, 17 wins, 65 and losses. got eliminated from the playoffs as well. So, so. At, at that point, neither one of those teams were playing for anything. No one was playing spoiler. It was just those two teams playing in Kobe's final game. Flip side, the Warriors were going for history. The viewership between the two games was astronomical. Kobe Bryant's final game was a lot more <laughs> aired. And, and I'll never forget, I didn't change the channel. I, I didn't, didn't not, I didn't even think about looking at the Warriors game at all because, I mean, I didn't want to miss anything. It's Kobe. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, you really think about that. You know, it, say so, if someone did change the channel and they didn't see him get 60 and they did – that's got to be like the moment where you know where they're probably thinking back, like, man, really wish I would have saw watched Kobe instead of the Warriors. And, and another crazy thing about it was, I mean, when you were watching that game, it, it doesn't, it didn't feel like you were watching, you know, Kobe for the last few years. It felt like you were watching vintage Kobe again. I mean, it was, it was just crazy to watch. And like you said, Sam, you just don't turn the channel from that game, no matter no matter if you're a Kobe fan or whatever. And, and it's just one of those things that it's really sentimental for anybody. And one of the things we talked about Gordon Hayward having his lane violation on the one that was sitting Kobe teetering at 59 points. If he would have missed that free throw, he would have had another lane lane violation to have another shot. Another one of those things, too, is D'Angelo Russell. Later in that game, Kobe passed him the ball. D'Angelo Russell passed it right back to him. He said, no, Kobe, you, you take the shots. We're good. We're good over here on our end. So that's Kobe Bryant. We have our last audio cut. This one's a little bit lengthier one, but it's Kobe after his final game in the NBA. And the other forward for the final time, number 24 on the floor, 6-6, five-time world champion, Kobe Bryant. Man! Man! Guys, you know, it's, uh, I can't believe how fast 20 years went by. I mean, this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. And, uh... You know, to be standing here at center court with you guys, my teammates behind me, and uh, appreciating all this, you know, the journey that we've been on. You know, we've been through our ups and been through our downs. And uh, I think the most important part is that we all stay together throughout. You know, I grew up, I grew up a diehard, I mean a diehard Laker fan. Diehard. I mean, I knew knew everything about every player that's ever played here. So to be drafted and then traded to this organization and to spend 20 years here, I mean, you can't, you can't write something better than this. And I'm more, proud, I'm more proud of the fact that not about the championships, but about the down years because we didn't run. We didn't run. We played through all that stuff and we got our championships and we did it the right way. And uh, all I can do here is just thank you guys. Thank you guys for all the years of support. Thank you guys for all the motivation. Thank you for all the inspiration. And, uh, you know, what's funny, <laughs> the thing that had me cracking up all night long was the fact that I go through 20 years of 
everybody screaming to pass the ball. And on the last night, they're like, don't pass it. <laughs> this, has been, this has been absolutely beautiful, you guys. I can't believe it's come to an end. Um, you guys will always be in my heart. And uh, I sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. No words can describe how I feel about you guys. And uh, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I, God, I love you guys. And uh, I love you guys. And uh, my family, to my family, my wife Vanessa, our daughters Natalia and Gianna, you know, thank you guys for all your sacrifice. You know, for all the hours I spent in the gym working and training. And Vanessa, you holding down the family the way that you have. I, I, I can't, there's no way that I can thank you enough for that. So, yeah, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And uh, what can I say? Mamba out. Kobe Bryant after his final game in the 2016 season. We're going to take a step aside now from his actual career and just kind of talk about the impact that he's had on the NBA as well as just the Lakers in general in his two, almost two – he talked about it in the in the post-game there. 20 years he spent with the organization. He's seen the Shaquille O'Neal days. He's, she, he's seen the Kwame Brown days. He's seen good. He's seen the bad in, in the Lakers. And just the impact that he's left is, is truly one of the best in the NBA. I mean, I don't think anybody you ever you, – any basketball fan that you run into, whether you like the Lakers or not, whether you, there's not one bad word that any basketball fan has to say about Kobe Bryant. He he played the right way and, you know, gave everything out on the court and on, you know, in practice. You, know, like you always went 110% and you can't write the story with of the NBA without him and – uh, you just had an impact on so many people. And, and Kobe said it best whenever he said, you know, it, it wasn't about the championships, it's about those down years. And I think that really puts it, I mean, they never wavered, they never ran, like he said, and it just shows you, like, that that mentality he had, like we've said so many times today, and it ju- it's just, you can't overstate it. Truly incredible. I mean, I don't think even if you're a basketball f- fan, you you knew this guy, you respected what he did. Um, he uh, he got me to even watch the NBA because I, like I said, my dad was a Lakers fan, and he brought all the Lakers fans out of the shadows. Ah, oh, it's it's tough. It's pretty tough. I'll be honest. Good grief. Once again, Kobe Bryant. January 26th of 2020 at age 41, passed away in a helicopter accident. Him and his daughter as well, Gianna Bryant, and seven others. We'll kind of just recap everything that we've been through here. 1996, first round, 13th overall pick. Charlotte Horners take Kobe Bryant off of the board. There's some other uh, stacked draft class that we've talked about. Before he even plays a game for the Hornets, gets traded. Vlade Divac straight up, sent to the Lakers. And after he got that trade sent through, these are the career highlights and awards that Kobe Bryant has been able to collect. Five-time NBA champion, 2000, 2001, 2002, 2009, 2010. Two-time NBA Finals MVP in the latter half of that career, 2009, 2010. The MVP of 2008, 18-time NBA All-Star, 1998, and then 2000 through 2016. After the 2000 decade hit, Kobe Bryant did not miss a single All-Star game. Uh, four-time NBA All-Star Game MVP, 2002, 07, 09, 
2011. He was the 11-time All-NBA first-teamer, two-time All-NBA second-team, two-time NBA third-team, nine-time NBA All-Defensive first-team. Not second-team, not third-team, first-team. He was a three-time All-NBA defensive second-team, as well as the two-time scoring champion in 2006-2007 when he had over 30 points per game in both of those as well. NBA All-Team second-team in 1997, and we talked about this earlier in the show. He also had number eight and number 14 retired for the Lakers. A, a very deep career highlight and accolade list. Yeah, and um, it's insane that just a player can mean so much to you and like a person can mean so much to you and you don't even meet him. You don't even speak a word to him. Don't even breathe the same air as him. And it's just incredibly sad. And Austin, you said growing up, you didn't uh, watch basketball very much for me. I grew up in a gym. My dad was a basketball coach and all I ever wanted to do was be like Kobe. And uh, just so sad he's gone. And Austin, you said it. You said it best. Whenever you said it, it didn't matter if you were a basketball fan or not. And it didn't. It, you're right. It doesn't matter what sport you watch. Doesn't matter if Kobe was your idol. It doesn't matter if you didn't like Kobe or you were a LeBron fan. Whatever. This is this is still one of the hardest things because, I mean, just the type of guy he was on the court. Obviously, I mean, everybody knows that. But off the court, the the he inspired millions of people every day to to be their best and to have that Mamba mentality. And it's just it's just tough when you when you over when you look at his whole career, and and you see what he did on the court, but then also off the court as well. It's just tough. It's tough being a, a high school and middle school basketball player. I know I said this on uh, Jacob's show earlier this week that I used to go on the on the road to every single game. I would be in the car or on the bus watching. Kobe Bryant highlights, trying to to mimic, per se, everything that he did in games. I think to an extent in middle school I had had half of his fadeaway post-jumper that he had. Uh, hadn't perfected it yet. I was more Has a little, anyone perfected it yet? I was, <laughs> I, mean, I, was, I was a little bit slower. Mine looked a lot more like Dirk Nowitzki's. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, but just trying to replicate everything that he did because he was, at the time he was one of the best, and he only came away with one MVP throughout his 20-year tenure with the Lakers, but he did a lot more than win just one MVP, as we mentioned, through all the accolades. Yeah, and that one MVP, I mean, he didn't care. He did not care about MVPs. All he cared about was the five titles that he yep. won. And, um, like, the MVPs, yeah, we're sad he didn't get it. Maybe some people think he deserved it over Steve Nash, but, I mean, when it all comes down to it, Kobe, he was a winner, and uh, he didn't care about individual accolades. He could be a bench warmer and still win the five titles and be just as happy. Yep. 